You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 297. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber Brzezicki, and today we are talking about my very favorite macro tracking app. Now, for years in the past, I used to use and recommend the app MyFitnessPal. Some of you know that back in October of last year, MyFitnessPal sent out an email, and I opened up this email, and in it, I learned that the barcode scanner, which used to be part of the free version of MyFitnessPal, was now going to be moved over to the paid version, meaning you were going to have to pay for a subscription in order to access the barcode scanner. So the barcode scanner is used if you have a food that instead of typing it and looking it up in the database, you can literally just turn it around, use your phone, scan the barcode app, and it'll bring up and populate all the macros. It saves a ton of time when you're logging your food. And that used to be a paid feature, but they were going to move it to, or used to be a free feature and they were going to move it to a paid feature. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I, I had some beefs with my with uh, my fitness pal. There were some other things I didn't like about it, but I'd always held on because, well, it was just easy and it, you know, it was something I could recommend to my clients and, and I used it. But this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And I said, heck no, I'm going to go and search out other apps and I'm going to try and find a free app that I feel really good about recommending to my clients because all my clients always ask me which macro tracking app should I use and I want to be able to recommend the best to them. So I went on this, it was actually like a several month adventure, maybe it was a month, but it was a several week adventure where I went to the app store and I literally downloaded like every single app that I could find where you could track macros. And one by one, I went through these apps and played around with them and explored them and tested things out and, and used them myself and you know saw what I liked about some of the apps and what I didn't like about some of the apps so that I could recommend the best. And after all of that research, Macros First came out on top. I loved the ease of the app. The user interface was really simple and easy. The database was really robust and not confusing. One of my biggest beasts with my uh, my fitness pal is that it you um, Jacob actually even talks about this in the in the interview when we were, we're going to get to it. Um, he talks about how when you type in like banana, you'll get like 47 different bananas. And for someone who's new to counting macros, that's really confusing. And so I was always trying to have to help clients figure out, okay, well, which chicken breast should I use <laughs> out of the 572 options of chicken breasts, which one should I select? And I like that macro source was a lot simpler and it would only come up with like one chicken breast and that made it a lot easier. Um, and then the two features that really sold me, and we, we talk about these in the episode, but the two features that really sold me was one, the ability to reverse engineer your macros. Meaning if I got to the end of the day and I needed to have 30 grams of carbs to finish off my day and I wanted to eat, say some cereal to do it, instead of trying to like 
change the servings over and over to try and have it hit 30 grams of carbs. I could just enter in, I want 30 grams of carbs, and it would reverse engineer and populate how much cereal I would have. So it would tell me, okay, in order for 30 grams of carbs, you need to have you know, 27, 27 grams of, of cereal. I mean, that feature alone was like, blew me out of the water. I was like, why do more apps not have this? And then the second feature that I loved, which we also talk about in the episode, is the ability to scan the barcode. So it, sorry, not scan the barcode, scan the nutrition label. So if you scan the barcode and for some reason it's not in the database, then instead of having to enter the numbers manually, you can just scan the nutrition label and it will actually pre- pull those numbers out and pre-populate the numbers in. And I just thought that was a fabulous idea. So anyway, long story short, I did this whole test out every app in the app store to try and find out which one was best. And macros first just like rose to the top. It had all of the features that I wanted for my clients. It was easy to use. It had a good user interface and most of the features were free. And I was, I felt really good about recommending that to my clients. So I recorded a reel and I kind of announced this to the world and, and that reel got a lot of views and, and a lot of interaction and Jacob said it actually even shut down their site for a brief moment um, when I released that reel. Uh, but since then, Macros First has been my go-to macro counting app. It's what I use personally. It's what I recommend to my clients and I'm so excited to be able to have Jacob on the podcast today. Jacob's the founder of Macros First and he tells the story about how this app came to be and it's a little bit of a unique story, a little bit of a circuitous route to be able to get to founding Macros First and making it into the app that it is today. So I'm really excited to have you listen to this interview and hear about the the foundings of Macro First and what makes it such an amazing experience for its users and an amazing app. Now, before we dive into the episode, I do have an affiliate code with Macros First. I did not have an affiliate code when I made the decision to um, back them or when I you know, kind of announced to the world that they were my preferred macro accounting app. But since then, they've created an affiliate program and I happily signed up. So while many of the features on Macros First, I would, most of the features on Macros First are free, there are some features that are only in the paid version. And so if you would like to sign up for the paid version and you want a 10% discount, you can use my code, which is BABS10. So it's B-A-B-S 10 and then the number 10 and that'll give you 10% off. Now, if you are a client of mine or you have been a client of mine, I actually have a deeper discount code for you, but it's only for clients. So if you are a client of mine, send me a DM and I'll hook you up with an even bigger discount. But um, if you're not a client, great, then you can use the 10% off with Babs10. All right, without further ado, let's dive into the episode with Jacob Bockelman, the founder of Macros First. All right. I am so excited to welcome Jacob to the podcast. Jacob is the founder and creator of Macros First. And as many of you know, this is my chosen platform of choice, my app of choice when it comes to recommending how I suggest that you count macros. And so I am so excited to have Jacob on the podcast today to be able to kind of walk us through a little bit of the behind the scenes. We're going to pull back the curtain today on Macros First as an app. So Jacob, take us back to the very beginning of Macros First. Like, where did this idea come from? Um, what made you think that you could be successful creating an app? And you know what what motivated you to, to to really make this leap into creating this product? Yeah. Hey, Amber. Great to see you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, Macros first came out of my own struggles trying to adhere to to be compliant with 
a Mac, my own first experience with the macrocentric diet. Um, I had kind of graduate, this was, let's see, 20, 2016, 17. I had just sort of, I was in the middle of my CrossFit career, <laughs> nice. as a, you know, just like a whatever weekend warrior, you know, whatever, having fun. I had just finished my tour of duty in paleo as one does yes. back in that time, especially, <laughs> um, and, uh, and dove into macros. Um, and I made the mistake or maybe the blessing actually in hindsight of, uh, jumping into an incredibly complex diet that was a branded diet. As I describe it, some folks listening may be like, Oh yeah, I know what he's talking about. But this one, uh, we had carb cycling. So high lows and high, high and low days and meal timing was a huge component of it. Mm-hmm. So optimizing your carbs specifically around your workout times. And so, you know, as a person new to macros, um, the, the struggle I had was not meal prepping, not cooking, not like, eating the right things, it was solving algebra problems every time it was time to eat. So my refrigerator at the time, like, okay, am I eating, you know, am I preparing a a meal for a pre-workout first thing in the morning on a heavy training day? All right. Need 80 grams of carbs in that, in that breakfast. Uh, Let's consult all the post-it notes on my refrigerator where I'd done the math. And this was just crazy. Like, it was just so weird to me that like the, the big problem was not what I expected Mm. myself to be encountering of Mm. like, let's eat healthy. Let's, let's like do meal prep. Let's like all the things that you'd expect. That's like the normal things to struggle with. For me, it was just, I don't want to be solving math problems every freaking time. Um, and so this, this led me on a quest of surely someone has solved this problem before. Um, and so, you know, I downloaded at the time again, 2017, all the usual culprits, uh, you know, all the other big macro apps out there, including a few that were like had macros in the name and the light bulb, you know, the thing I struggled with was every single app, was asking me, the user, how much did you eat? And that, that was not the question I was trying to answer, right? Like I, I wasn't, I didn't need to put into my fitness pal. I'm, I'm eating 142 grams of rice. Like I needed the app to tell me how much should I eat? How much do I want to eat? That's the question it needed to be asking me. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that's what I was struggling with. How much, you know, given I'm coming to this meal with a goal, what do I do? So, um, I built a, a Google spreadsheet. Um, and, and the rest is history basically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I, you know, what I did was I created this spreadsheet that had like two tabs, one Jacob's personal food database, where I I was hand filling in row by row rice, the protein, carbs, and fat and calorie values, ground chicken, protein, you know, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I was building on my own little DB. Uh, and then I built a little solver where, you know, I could, I could select food, A, B, C, and D. And say, what's my goal for this food? So for the rice, I need 30, 80 grams of carbs. It was a big, meaty breakfast, big, hearty breakfast. So, and then it would spit out for me, you know, the, uh, the, the, res- the, the necessary, uh, serving size to hit it. And, um, I, this, this made my life easier. I got rid of all the post-it notes on my fridge. I had to, got to put away the calculator in the, in the kitchen and focus on the normal hard parts of, you know, ma- maintaining a diet of tracking eating. Um, and what I also did was, you know, in this, in the, in the group, the, this branded diet, I was in the Facebook group where, you know, people were sharing tips and tricks and I shared this spreadsheet there and it went nuts. Like it, it went, it was, was my first and only like viral moment on the internet. <laughs> um, it had like 800 shares in the first day, like oh wow, hundreds of comments, the thumbs up were going crazy. Um, and people were like, thank God, this is what I've been like. I needed this. I, where, where has this been? Um, and I quickly saw, you know, I had then had my second light bulb of, huh, maybe it's not just me that struggles with this 
maybe there's a real idea here. Maybe this could be, you know, uh, the, the, the beginnings of a, a business. Or at that time, I honestly, I wasn't even thinking about the business, just an app, a tool, something more durable than a Google spreadsheet that I could put out in the world. Um, and it was a funny, it was at that time too, this thing was going completely viral in this private Facebook group for this branded diet that I was very promptly uh, banned and kicked out of this <laughs> Facebook group. Um, and it was not because I was selling anything. I was, I mean, this thing was totally free. It was a community, you know, mm-hmm. organic shared tool, but I think it there was just the, the owners of this diet were like, Hey, anything that kind of gets between our users and the diet is a threat. Sure. And, uh, I was kicked out. Um, but anywho, that's, that's like, yeah, that's, that's the origin story of, uh, of macros first. That's amazing. So what do you, what do you call that feature? Cause I call it the reverse engineer your macros, but like, I just made that up. Do you have a name for like that feature of going the other way of having the app tell you how much to eat to hit a certain macro? Well, I, I joke, I mean, I joked with you, Amber, like when you, when you first, like, you know, we first started chatting together. I, I told you then, and I still believe it now, you're a better marketer than I am. I call it what you call it now. I call okay, it, cool. we call it awesome. reverse engineer your macros. How we had been, uh, the name, the name we had for it before was auto calculate your serving size from macro goal. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, right. you're right. I am a better marketer than you. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't quite have the oh, same ring to it. That's funny. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, honestly, like that, when I downloaded the app and I, you like pointed that feature out to me, I was like, why, why does not every single app have this? Because you are right. Like that is one of the hardest things for people is, and even if you're not someone who's like, I'm going to eat 80 grams of carbs, when you get to the end of the day and you say, I have seven grams of fat left and I want to eat, you know, this piece of chocolate, how much of it should I eat to get seven grams? Y'all know what we used to do. We used to go and put, oh, if I eat one square, oh, dang, that, that's five. If I eat two squares, oh, dang, that's 10. 1.25, 1.3, 1. You know, you just like guess and guess and guess until you get it to land yes. on the numbers. And when you pointed that out, that I could go in and say, no, I want to get seven grams of fat. How much of this chocolate bar do I need to eat? It's going to tell me. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> like that yes. is That is it. Exactly. That, and that, that was the original insight that like made me think there was room in the, in the yeah. market to actually have a go at this. Like, yeah, because and- you're, you're going up against big names. You're going up against names that have been around in the industry for a very long time. So, I mean, having the balls to like put something new out there and say, yeah, I know there's all these other apps that are really, really popular, but I think we have something special. What was that like? Uh, it was, it was a quite, it was a huge, it was a crazy journey. There were a lot of missteps along the way. So, so I guess to pick up the story, as I was banned from this group and didn't know what was happening to the sheet, other than what's cool about, you know, Google doc, you can see anonymous aardvark has, is in there in the open history. I could see that it was still thriving. So what I did was, um, I, I put in a link at the bottom that was like, Hey, I'm thinking we might turn this into an app. Like if you like this, and you want to like have have this tool, either make a copy of it, or we might turn this into something real. I'm playing around with it. Leave your email address. So it just linked to a Google form. You are a good marketer. That's fantastic marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm growth. I'm growthy, but I don't have those sexy slogans. That's the problem. <laughs> um, but from that, we collected a few hundred email addresses, and um, and and what I did as a next step was turn this app into uh, t- turn the spreadsheet into like a super lightweight MVP, minimum viable product, uh, clickable prototype where I had sketched up some, some UI, some user interfaces, built a clickable mock. So 
-hmm. in the very beginning, I was straight up cold, you know, emailing back this, this list of a hundred to say, hi, Amber, thanks for, you submitted your email. I'd love to show you a concept and hopping on a zoom call and having them click through and, you know, get the feedback. Um, and, and the, the misstep, well, so that was great. It validated the idea. It validated that, you know, people were excited about this. The huge failing on my part (laughs) was, um, that, that initial audience was coming from that branded diet. So these were people who their needs, these, these were not flexible dieters. Yeah. These were uh, what I called, and let me, here's my marketing term, proactive dieters, meaning mm. meal preppers. They were yeah. all meal preppers. Yeah. And so I got this idea validated and I, I, that didn't occur to me at the time. And, um, and I, I partnered up with my co-founder, uh, who's a good friend of mine. We'd worked together for years and this was our fun little side project. Again, not a job. Both of us had full-time jobs at this time and, and did really for the next several years. Um, and built, we built this thing. We put it in Google play and I emailed, uh, sorry, we, we, we've shipped it on the app stores, both Google and Apple. Mm-hmm. And within like 10 minutes of going live, I got the first uh, customer support email, which was like, Hey, where can I track my, uh, my daily macros? Because we built a meal prepping tool. These were uh, for people who were not, you know, logging on a daily, uh, what I, a reactive basis of for breakfast. I had this and they, you know, we built this tool that made it incredibly easy. If you had five meals you're eating today because it was a light, uh, training day, first thing in the morning, you know, for you, that's what we built. Uh, basically this, this meal builder type of thing. And so. Yeah, that that was our first major. Oh, mm. oh no! And let's you know, listening to and re- reacting um, to our market. So very quickly, the first major feature was was daily macro tracking, where of course we introduced like the calendar and logging your meals on a day to day basis and so forth. But um, but really, like the, the the genesis from there was just continuation of always like listening and learning um, from our users, and really, really it taught me the lesson. Like I have to know exactly, you know, the type of persona, the type of, the type yeah. of user yep. that is interacting with us because it was very cool that I built something for meal preppers. Not cool that, you know, meal preppers represent like 0.1% of the total, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. of the people who track macros. Yeah. Um, but you asked, you asked a question about, um, you know, how, how is it competing going up against the big guys of which, you know, the big guys are big, uh, yeah. you know, the, my fitness pal is still around. Um, they kind of invented the category and the answer has been for us, like listening to our users in particular, the coaching community. Mm. And I think that's, that's one of the things that really differentiates uh, our app from the others out there is that a, like I and my team pro- really engage with coaches. Mm-hmm. I want like, we, we really you know, a good coach wants to make life easier for their clients, imparting wisdom, knowledge, and access to the best tools. And and so we've really made a concerted effort to like establish relationships with coaches um, to you know show them to really really roll out that red carpet and explain like who we are and what you know really a, a white glove like personal approach. Um, two, we've built a ton of features for coaches. Mm. So these are things like the Google Sheets importer. Which for, you know, a coach that, um, maybe uses Google Sheets to conduct all of their client check-ins, like we can automatically import data from the app to the check-in sheet to mm-hmm. eliminate all manual data entry, help with client, um, uh, compliance, um, the ability coming soon to follow users, integrations with some great coaching platforms, Seismic, Apotheo, Coach Catalyst. So we've really like 
listen to the coaches and build for them. And this, this has had the critical uh, go-to-market support for us of, you know, coaches are influencers. And I don't mean that as like, ooh, internet influencer, like, you know, mm-hmm. Kardashian. I mean, like, that coach has their clients. The clients respect and trust their coach for a reason. And yeah. so when we're able to, like, demonstrate and establish trust and, and a partnership and relationship with the coach, they bring it, you know, they, they recommend us to their clients. And that's been our, you know, that has been how we've gone to market. Mm. Um, I'm like really proud to say that we, we haven't spent a dime on advertising in our company. I think, well, maybe I I spent $7 as a test once on like Facebook ads, but but like, we're not, (laughs) you know, we don't have ads anywhere in the app store or on Facebook or anything. It's really, and that's because we've been so fortunate and privileged on like truly privileged to establish some really great relationships with coaches um, and coaches like to share not just with their clients, but but other coaches in the community. And that's been our primary uh, method of discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, play out in our in our ratings and our rankings and the app stores. And it's just it's just been awesome. Um, and I think last I'll say, too, is I think, you know, we've made a very conscious decision not to compete with coaches. And, and by that, I mean, there's plenty of apps out there that, you know, who needs a coach? We've got an algorithm. Right, and, right. And, you know, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's, that's, that's been our, our secret. And I, in my mind, it's a far more durable, uh, and strong base of support. This like earned product market fit, earned trust and relationship with the coaches, earned trust and relationship with their clients that, 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 that's sort of the foundation of how we, how people find out about us. And, yeah. and, uh, I, yeah, really blessed for it. Well, I will say that um, you have to have a good product for that to work. And I think sometimes people can try to cover up a good product with good marketing. And what I'm, what I, what I, what I want to point out is that like when you have a superior product, you don't have to be really good at marketing because it kind of happens naturally for you and you're, you're able to go by word of mouth. But the reason you're able to bring coaches on and have them recommend your, your product to their clients is because it's a good product. And I think that that's a really important point to make is it is a, it is a superior product. And so, you know, me as a coach, I'm happy. I want to recommend the best to my clients. And, and so I'm always looking for the best. I'm always looking for what's the easiest, the most user-friendly, the, the fastest, the cheapest, the best way to be able to help my clients to be able to do it. And when I see that, then of course I'm going to recommend it to my clients. So it's, Yes, like you being able to build off of relationships with coaches only works because you have a superior product. And so you don't have to be a good marketer. You got a good product. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Because that is, I, our marketing is terrible. That's like one of the areas I'm, I'm really looking to grow <laughs> and, and continue to like learn from you, Amber, really, because you're just such a phenomenal storyteller in your posts and your content. And um, yeah, we need to get a heck of a lot better at it. Um, but I, I really appreciate that. And it's, it's so important too, because, you know, like for, for our ability to grow, there's kind of, we, there's two types of people who would pick us up. One, someone who's completely brand new to tracking period. And, and usually that's, we get lucky in, in like the app store or they're working with a coach or two, the other person is the one who's been tracking for like nine years in my fitness pal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, to your point, like change is hard. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, I'm glad. I'm so grateful and appreciate, you know, you, you saying we have a superior product. I sure believe we do, but like getting people to understand that, to get over the, the change management yeah. exercise, the, I've got, you know, 
So my, many recipes. My, <laughs> so many recipes. God yeah. forbid I mess with my 7,000 day streak. Like all of, yeah. all of that. Um, oh yeah. It, it requires like, it has to, the bar for, to getting over that change, the bar of quality of like what's better has to be significantly high. And that's been another thing that's really like motivated us. There's, it's a crowded, there's plenty of trackers out there. And I've really um, embraced that idea of like, if someone's going to change, it has to be, we have to be 10 X better, not, not yeah. just a little right. bit better. Right. And that's, that's, that's also driven the types of features we've, we've built. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I think, we have a bunch of stuff that other apps others have and charge for and we're free. And that's cool. That's nice to like have, you know, more value uh, for free, but we also have a whole bunch of features that like just don't exist anywhere. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that's been driven by, I recognize if, if I don't want, I don't, I don't want someone to change from my fitness pal desk cause we're marginally better. Like yeah. we, <laughs> we need to change because we're significantly better. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And coaches like you and, and the others that we're privileged to work with, they help us tell that story in a way that, no paid ad ever, yeah. you know, no, no me practicing my TikTok. Uh, <laughs> Your dances. I, yeah, I got to work on that, but yeah, no, it's never going to be as resonant as, you know, yeah. Amber says, right. Or, yeah. You know, so, sure. yeah. I, so going back to like your origin story, I am curious when you went from spreadsheet to app, did you know how to do that? Like, did you know how to make an app or were you like researching and Googling? How does one, create an app? Kind of a little bit of both. So my, my professional background um, is I work in product management in, in tech. I, I live okay. in San Francisco area. I worked at Google and a couple other like larger tech companies. Um, and my role, product, product management is the title. The PM um, is the one who figures out like, what are we building and why? Mm-hmm. And then works with like the engineering team or and it really has one team. It's sort of like the engineer, the designer, the product manager, all working together on figuring out how, how do we build it? Okay. And so, so my background is like a perfect, you know, that little, my little origin story of like, this is hard. It shouldn't be hard. There's got to be an easier way. Here's a little, yeah. like I can write a formula. That's like, why does this problem exist? And is there a way we can solve it? Mm-hmm. Then introducing my, my co-founder who is the CTO and an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was the one who with, you know, was able to translate my spec docs. And that's, by the way, it wasn't like I built a spreadsheet. It was like, hey, man, Andreas, can you figure this out? No, it was, um, uh, you know, I wrote like a 12-page, very detailed spec with all the interactions and pages. And, and that comes from my professional background in product management of like defining and translating requirements that are feasible, buildable, engineering-wise, create value for the user, are differentiated, all that good stuff. Like, why are we building this? Uh, but yes, working then with Andreas as my partner of, of actually constructing the app. And it was, um, uh, it was the first mobile app he'd ever created. We, we'd mostly been, we'd worked together on, uh, web technologies, uh, web apps basically, but never, this was our first time doing anything on mobile. Um, so it was, it was fun. It was, you know, it, those in tech, like it's always, it's always intriguing and fun to be working with new tech, right? Like, and so it was, it was, this was neat. This was very out of like the day job for us at the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were building tools mostly for B2B marketers. So this was utterly different, had nothing to do with marketers, had everything to do with fitness, had everything to do with, you know, the end user consumers instead of businesses. It was just a whole different way for us to like flex and, you know, stretch uh, working in a new space. That's that's really cool. So one of the things that is, um, you know, a truth that is in the fitness industry as well as in business is that you learn a ton from your mistakes and that 
I always always say we shouldn't be afraid of making mistakes because that's how we learn and 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 it's just how you move forward beyond those mistakes. So you said one of your you know your initial mistakes was uh, getting feedback from users who maybe didn't represent the broad swath of population you were going to try to target. That was one of the mistakes, and you realized that. Uh, do you have any other stories of like things that you missteps that you had along the way of trying to get this out and and make this happen? I always think I think people are always. I like to kind of hear some of the some of the crazy stuff that happens behind the scenes that maybe we see this nice app and we open it up and it works really well and you're like oh man if you you only knew where where we came from or or what we did along the way do you have any of those stories yeah i mean yeah let me that that was certainly the big one of just like misreading the room i mean yeah. what's cool is it was enough of a validation of like we can i guess the the the, the silver lining which i didn't really touch on there was we could build a tool. We realized build a tool that worked equally well for react like meal preppers and mm. um, more reactive, flexible dieters. Mm. That was the takeaway for me. I think it was a mistake, of course, to prior you know build solve first for the the, the, the like point one percent instead of the ninety nine nine. But what what was awesome is we figured out like the learning was we can solve for both and, and approach both and have conversations with both. Um, I think that since you know. I, and, and the other learning was I, I we we've been much more um, thoughtful about like engaging users for validation and research earlier. So we do like a lot of beta tests. We we roll things out to small groups of testers for feedback first. Um, I set up especially with the like, coaches again. Like love working with coaches because they they've seen it all. They know it all. Um, bouncing ideas off them for new features. Uh, our Facebook group is pretty active. So we've really incorporated like user feedback heavily into like guiding what we're building and why. Um, but that, yeah, that was certainly like the biggest like swing and a miss, but learned a lot, which is always the most important part. Um, otherwise, I mean, I think it's been behind the scenes. Like I, I can't think of like uh, a, ma- a major feature that we were like, Oh, totally goofed that one up. But we've certainly had all kinds of Rocky Rocky yeah. moments here and there. I mean, the, the one that amuses me <laughs> one of the most was uh, when, you know, when the first, the first time you mentioned us, Amber, like our, you, so we had so much traffic in such a short period of time after your, your like unveiling around, this was right when my fitness pal took away the barcode scanner and people were like looking for the alternative uh-huh. and you, you, you selected us like that, that spiked traffic so hard that it broke the ability to like create new accounts. Um, yes you broke broke macros first Um, Uh, we we fixed it in like 20 minutes but it was still it was like it was (laughs) it's just um stuff like that we've had a few um we've also like uh, jan jan 4th this year too like always the back like (laughs) the first of the year like crazy traffic spike so we've you know hardened Mm -hmm. our services against that um but uh yeah, it's just been sort of like technical little bloops and blips here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think thanks to, you know, thanks to now like having learned that hard lesson early on about like deeply understand your users and what, you know, who you're building and why we haven't really had too many crazy swings and misses and okay. quite the, quite the opposite. I think like we've had a lot, a lot of home runs by listening to people. So in the beginning um, we, you know, our food database was okay not the best and to be the best would we couldn't afford it at the time. I mean, it's like six figures to, to buy like the, the better database, which at the time was out of the picture. So like, you know, we built a feature where no barcode scanned, oh, sorry, you scanned a barcode, nothing found. Boom. Let's like scan that nutrition label, which all, you know, foods with barcodes have and pull in that data for you. 
to make life a little bit easier, eliminating that data entry problem. Right. So it's like letting, letting, letting some of our shortcomings Mm -hmm. guide creative um, solutions that are very differentiated. There's really, you know, there's like one other app that does that. It's a paid feature. So yeah, I mean, I guess always trying to find like the opportunity, the silver lining, the, you know, and then exploiting the problem. Like how can we turn this into a problem, into something valuable, something unique, something delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you just, it's, it's so interesting to hear where that came from because that's another one of my favorite features is that I can, if it doesn't, it doesn't come up with a barcode scanner, I can just have, you know, use my camera and, and get the, the macros that way. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't know that story. It's just so interesting that that came from what could have been seen as, Oh man, yeah. yeah, we, we can't, we can't buy this. We're not, we're not big enough. We can't, we can't afford this. And instead it's becomes, again, like you said, something that differentiates you, something that sets you apart and is a really cool feature that most apps don't have that maybe have bigger budgets. Um, so it's, it's, it's such a cool, um, experience to, to realize that things that we see as bad can sometimes be our greatest assets. Yeah. And, and to your point, like the earlier question, like, how do you compete? That's a great example of that helped us punch above our weight class. Like we flipped yeah. this problem of like, my fitness pal has everything to, well, we can too, or at least we can make it easier for you to like fill that gap and get in there quickly, even though we can't afford, we, we've since bought the database by the way, but so we're yeah. good now, but, but, um, but you know, at the time, yeah, using that to our advantage to, to create and that, and your example, delight. You know, it, it would have, would it be a superior experience if just you didn't have to scan the barcode and it was there? Sure. But it was really delightful that like, in spite of that, it's just kind of magic to like, oh my God, like this thing just scans and brought it in. I didn't have to do anything. It's right there. It took like less than a second. So yeah, inverting that to also create like competitive um, differentiation and advantages that lets us like punch above the weight. That's really awesome. When did you make the transition from, uh, you know, you started with a full-time job and this was kind of a side hobby project. When did you make that transition to like, oh, this is going to be my career. This is going to be my job. It's going to really be the business I want to build. This year. So yeah, oh. we started, I mean, it was 2017 when like that for the spreadsheet and then the app launched. Uh, I always get this mixed up. I think it was October 18 mm-hmm. was the very first version. Um, so yeah, you know, it was kind of sticking with this and it was always for fun, for fun, for fun, for fun. Again, like it, this was a way I, you know, I, I am passionate, always have been about fitness exercise. I'm, I compete in weightlifting. Like if this is my, my people, my hobby, my happiness. And this was always a way for me, you know, the app was an avenue, a creative outlet for me to like combine my professional background and skills into an area that I just love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for the first several years, I think we are, we were making like under a hundred dollars a month. Like, yeah. it's the, so it was pocket change and, but it was for fun. I wasn't really looking yeah. at the revenue. I was just, I loved getting customers supporting those. I love serving them. I love learning from the problems. It's just being connected, like better integrating like fitness into my like professional life was fulfilling and I loved it. Um, but then we, we did seriously start to grow and, this hobby crossed the the threshold from being something that just made me happy to be something that made me happy and interfered with my day job. Mm-hmm. And, and it got to the point where it, it was a viable, still a huge leap of faith. Yeah. And it's still, I mean, we should have my wife on this podcast. We can talk more about that, but, <laughs> but it was still, still a, a huge, scary leap of faith to, to do this. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, essentially we organically grew in, in a way that just made it, it, it was too fun and beginning to, to, to be sustainable from a financial standpoint where I could, I could make the leap. And, um, and I'm, I'm so glad I, I did. Uh, I'm just having so much fun. That's awesome. That's, that's so cool. And, you know, going back to our marketing conversation in, in previously, I was making the point of like, when you have a superior project, you don't have to be better at marketing, but just imagine when you do get better at marketing and have <laughs> no. a superior product, what, like the sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need help. I mean, I should maybe a plug like that's, we're definitely hiring for that. Like I just, <laughs> people okay. are just, yeah. If, I if need, you're listening and you're, you're a marketing specialist, reach out to Jacob. Yeah, please do. Seriously. Like uh, it's, yeah, we need to get better at it. That's awesome. Well, the cool thing is, is that there's a lot, I mean, if you're not doing any of it, there's a lot of low hanging fruit that doesn't take very much that can really start to pour some. That's, that's, well, again, that's, yes, I completely agree with you. And that's in spite of me, I know we're doing a bad job on marketing. Like in spite of that, we're still, you're still profitable <laughs> and you're still, yeah, it's still growing. It's still, work, it's still working. So it's like all of these leak, you know, leaky bucket things. If we just, when we get better at them, it, it just, it, the foundation is strong, I should say, I guess. Absolutely. And it gives me conviction that as we tighten it up, it's just going to be better. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so can you give us a little bit of, I know you're always adding and tweaking and like you said, listening to users and getting feedback and, and thinking of new ideas of how you can serve your clients. What are some things that you guys have in the works that are coming with the app? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a very cool roadmap with a bunch of stuff that's like in late development. So the first one is probably like the number one feature request from coaches, which is the ability to follow or view uh, their clients in the app. Yeah. So I mentioned, I mentioned we have, we have the Google sheets importer, which is like a game changer, particularly for like smaller coaches that you know, may not be using a, a, a software coaching platform to run their business and handle check-ins. Um, Sheets is great. And we've, we've built the ability to import the daily totals. But of course, you know, totals just tell part of the story. A coach wants to be able to hop in and, you know, see, you know, are you having the don't are you hitting your cards in the morning from donuts or something else, right? So um, we've always had the ability to export data, but that's not delightful either right like you mm-hmm. download an excel and mail it and email it and so forth there's screenshots i'm sure lots of coaches nodding you up and get the get the old iMessage screenshot every week or whatever mm-hmm. so we've got the ability to follow friends and app i'm currently internally testing this right now um this this should be a week to two weeks out um where in in the app you'll you'll be able to send a friend request follow and oh. view their log what's cool i just want to shout this out is like uh, you know, I know MyFitnessPal has this, and when you follow someone in MyFitnessPal, all you're able to do is is view one day's log at a time. Right. So it's, so it's kind of tedious, like one day, mm-hmm. one day, one day. Um, we are building that and the ability to view all of their trend reporting. Oh. So we this was two weeks ago. It's kind of a sneaky one. Again, speaks to my bad marketing. Um, we released uh, the new daily nutrition charting. So you're able to see all of your nutrients, including micros um, per day, but also over uh, date ranges. So if you wanted to do last week, last month, last 90, or any custom date range, we, we then compute the averages and present that. And that's going to be accessible to the coach when you're following someone. So you now get trends in addition to just viewing, you know, one day at a time, um, which is huge. Um, we have real, uh, real staying on this thread too. Um, we're introducing, um, we're building out like a whole new homepage experience, which will be much more of like a 
a dashboard reporting um, place to view your your nutrients, your ma- you know macros. Uh, I think we're we're going to be presenting like your the current week at a time with your averages from the trailing seven, and then a very cool way to view your um, nutrition over time. So clicking into that uh, a graph, a, a line graph that shows all of your macros, your calories over time. You can adjust the the time range to be again like last seven, last ninety. 30 or anything in between and see this interactive chart with all of your averages presented. Um, and that too will be, you know, accessible to when you follow someone's account. So you'll have this really interactive charting experience. And then we're getting into also custom charting, which I'm really excited about. So, you know, we track not just the, we do the macros are first and macros first protein, carbs, fat, and then calories, but we track, um, our database, we're, we're tracking about 70 different, um, nu- nutrients, and so, you know, if you're a coach and you want to be um, graphing fiber against body weight over time, for instance, like you could build a chart in the app comparing these two different metrics on a dual axis bar, uh, chart with all the same interactivity I just mentioned of, you know, custom date ranges, averages, and so forth. So going really deep on the, um, that's a big theme of ours is going deep into the an- analysis of, of what uh, folks are, are eating and logging. Um, We've got a food database that we're onboarding. So like I said, we're able to make that purchase. <laughs> and and we uh, uh, this is one, too, that I'm internally testing right now, preparing to roll it out, um, which just gives us it's, – it's a fully verified food database. So no user-generated content, none of that problem where, you know, you search for a banana and you have to wonder which of these 27 bananas is the mm-hmm. food. Um, so there'll be <laughs> like one banana. Um, and all of it's verified and uh, should significantly expand our, our coverage. Um, which means maybe less opportunities for that magic uh, nutrition label scanner to pop up, but it's just, you know, a smoother, a more complete experience, particularly for our friends uh, outside of the U S this dramatically enhances our coverage in the UK, Australia, and Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are, yeah, those are, those are like the big, the big, big new ones. Um, Awesome. uh, Smaller things in the background, like we're, we're redoing how water tracking works that was that is admittedly just not exciting um my favorite a little teaser on this one is uh folks can customize uh where they're they're like preset containers that you want to be logging your water in so if you have a 40 ounce jug like cool you can select the stanley icon and and have your stanley that's really cool (laughs) (laughs) um and even even change the colors on it so oh my gosh again so again, it's like delight, you know, awesome. water tracking is water tracking, but if I can, if we can, yeah, if we can make it fun where you've got your Nalgene, your Stanley and your shake bottle for your like, you know, and let the, you customize it and then let you configure, like maybe you want to log that you do one Stanley at a time. Cool. Like, yeah, building all this fun customization in that really just like heightens the experience. Um, that like actually makes me want to track my water. Like yeah. <laughs> I always, I always look at like water tracking on the app and I'm uh, not just on your app, but any app I'm like, this is so boring. Like I don't need to do this. I don't want to do this. But like, if that, if I could track my Stanley and then like my shaker cup at the, at the gym and then my hydro flask later, I would actually do it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's like, that's one of our guiding, um, principles is like things, things need to be fun and easy. Yeah. You know, Amen. Eating, eating, understanding your diet and let alone, well, first of all, just understanding what, what like the consequence of what you eat, like how it matters to your body comp, mood, hormones, goals. That's huge. Following it 
extra hard, right? Like right. it's yeah. just work. There's no two, but two ways around it. Like this, right. this, this is effort and work and requires discipline. And, and like my whole motivating factor in, in why I like stuck this out as a hobby was not just cause it was fun, but like, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm hoping that we're making this easier for folks and more delightful. And, you know, I think one of the most, the, the, what cuts people down when they get into tracking is like, it's not sustainable for me. And I, and this is lack of sustainability can come from like lack of confidence. Am I doing this right? Yes. Uh, ca- calories, you know, tracking calories. That's one thing that's, that's easier than tracking three things, right? Like, like th- this, this does take work. And so, mm-hmm. you know, building features that instill confidence, make people feel good, make people, you know, have fun, make, make, you know, all like getting out of the way in, in tracking and making tools. So you spend less time in macros first and more time living, eating, working out, whatever it is you being with your kids. Like that's, that's our ethos here. And, and, you know, that, that manifests in like fun, interesting novel features here and there. Um, yeah. We, you know, at the end of the day, like we want to make this as easy, minimize the work and the friction. And that's again, just bringing it full story. That's what it started from, for me, like, I was willing to do the work. I, I understand the consequences. I didn't want to be solving math. Like that was like one piece of effort to get out of the way. Manually creating foods by typing in all 22 nutrients on the label. That's no fun. Get out of here. Like yeah. um, body weight, the scale can be really angry. Like even if you're doing everything right, you know, it goes up because water weight or God knows what. Let's get a trend line in there that shows the bigger picture. Okay, we haven't even talked about that, which is like one of my favorite features of the app as well, because yeah, you're right. People freak the heck out when they see a spike and in macros first, when you go, it shows your like seven day trend. It shows your like 30 day trend. Like it shows you all of the data points, you know, side by side so that you can see, oh, over time I have been trending down, even if there's a spike here or there. I love that feature. Exactly. Bigger picture. Keep give confidence, like present more data in like digestible supportive ways. Like that's, that's what it's all about. And actually what's kind of fun too. soon on um, the body weight tracking, we're going to be introducing the ability to graph daily calories on the same. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's, that's the big correlation. And and so again, that's another one where it's like tons of apps have either of those no one's doing them together, right? Mm-hmm. Like why let me see body weight versus my daily caloric caloric intake. Show me those trends. So yeah. Can um, I put a, can I put a plug in for measurements? Yeah. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> I would love to be able to have clients be able to track their measurements alongside of their weight. Oh, oh okay. Um, arm, okay. Arm. Yeah. Waist, hips, things like that. It's just one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of like data. And I think that the more data clients can have, the more context they start to have because so many of my clients come in and they're only tracking their weight as their singular data point to tell them if what they're doing is right. working. And you and I both know that that doesn't give you the full the full picture. And so being able to pull in those measurements and, or those progress pictures alongside of the weight, alongside of the caloric input really helps to create a, a understandable picture for clients to be able to say, Oh, okay. I can see how all of these things are trending me in a direction that maybe if I was just going by my weight, I would have never been able to see. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's my plug. Um, all right. Feature request noted. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, I, 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 I Totally on the roadmap. Um, and I think flows right nicely into all of those trend and charting and analytic tool tools too, because yeah. this is at the end of the day, just another, you know, another thing to log. Yeah. Um, so cool. awesome. Yeah. Imagine. So, yeah. Cool to chart like waist versus, you know, whatever bicep versus waiters. Yeah. 
Yes. All of those. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all of those. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So many fun things that are coming. And um, I will say for everybody who's listening, if you have a feature, um, like, well, I, maybe I should have asked you, are your DMs open for people to <laughs> give you like feedback? Open. Okay, cool. Great. I was hoping that was the case, but like Jacob's super nice. And so if you have an idea, just throw it out to him, like let him know things that you would like and you know, you never know. Maybe it gets added to the roadmap and and it comes out in the app. But um, that's one of the, the cool things I've loved working with you, Jacob, is it is like the personal, the, being personable with a, a human, um, not a company. You know, I know you have a company, but th- there's like a, a human behind the company as well. And so I think for people who are listening to, that's one of the things that I've loved working with Macros First is um, just, it's a, it's a human and he's super nice and he'll answer your questions and he wants to hear from users so that they can make the product as, as good as it can be. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything's open. We've got a little Facebook group where you can join and I'm, I am customer support. Hello at email. Hello at Macrosource goes to me. DMs are open. Um, and, and I mentioned before we do these like little private betas and tests and that's how people get in them. They request the feature when we build it, I get in touch or I say, Hey, it's ready for testing. So it's also a cool way to, if you're really interested in like being an early access tester and getting, you know, seeing the stuff first, it's just raise your hand, self-select. Um, and, and we're there. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I just found the macros first app community on Facebook and my, I'm now pending as a member of it. Ooh, so we'll, right. we'll, we'll link that up in the show notes as well. So if people want to come and join <laughs> that, they can, they can go, uh, go and request access to it as, as well. Okay. Last question for you. Actually, I have two more questions for you. Second to last question for you. Uh, you know, as, as much as, um, maybe this wasn't what you expected to do with your career, um, moving into entrepreneurship and starting a business and you're learning all sorts of things about marketing and these other aspects. Um, as much as that maybe wasn't your plan, you're, you're thriving and succeeding at it. So I wonder if you have any sort of like advice or tips to somebody who maybe it was you, you know, is you who maybe has a dream or an idea of building an app or starting a business and is kind of on that precipice of where you were maybe back in 2016, any advice that you would have to give to that person? Yeah. I think like for me, like looking back, like my, my two big lessons are one, like do it as cheaply as possible. Like there's, there's this, this idea in, uh, startups and tech, but it's not unique to tech. I mean, it's really anything. It's like, you start lean, the minimum viable product, like put something out into the world, like whatever, whatever it is you're you're seeking to create or the business you want to like start, you know, before what, what is the cheapest, fastest way you can put it out there to start getting feedback on it. And the feedback could be that someone purchases it. The feedback could be that someone submits their email to sign up for the list to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. It could be a reshare. I mean, it can take any, any number of forms. It's not just about like how much money are you generating so, so fast? Like it's just about getting feedback for me. Like the feedback on this was that spreadsheet went nuts, mm-hmm. like viral, mm-hmm. uh, just in the, in the shares within the small community. And, and then we collected some emails off of it. Um, so you don't, don't overcomplicate. Cause also when you overcomplicate, you know, your launch, whatever it is you're, you're trying to test, I mean, that introduces risks, like the risk a, that you'll just do nothing because it's like, Oh my God, if, you know, for me to start this, this venture, I need to have saved $62,000 in order to buy the food truck and rent the spot at the farmer's market, whatever. Like it doesn't, no, you don't, why don't you start on the corner, start, mm-hmm. you know, with the Google spreadsheet or mm-hmm. there's, and, and especially the internet has really knocked down the barriers to entry or barriers to test any idea. 
I mean, it's amazing, you know, whether this could be measured in follows or views or, you know, Mm-hmm. there's no shortage so just don't overcomplicate because you have it, you have the it introduces the risk that you'll do nothing because you'll talk yourself out of it because it's, it's too expensive i mean had you asked me six years ago if like are you going to quit your job and do this full time i'm like absolutely not never like this is just a fun hobby but starting low enabled me to 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 test and and you know continue to validate and grow and get to a point where it did it did let me do that um and also the risk also carries forward to like, let's say if, if you do commit to, I'm going to do this and put in my $72,000 to start the business that that's at risk too. I mean, the money itself, right? Like if it fails, that's gone. If you, you know, rented yeah. the space before you're ready to open the business or whatever, like that's gone. Don't do things as cheaply that enables you to learn as possible. Hell that. And then two, two is just stick with it. I mean, I think, by any every measure other than I was having fun, like macros first would have been described as an abject business failure for the first like five years of our existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess it's just like keeping in perspective of like if it fills your cup, like if it if it energizes you, mm-hmm. do it. Like whether it's a business that has the potential to like generate revenue or just something that is satisfying to you because you never know where this stuff's going to lead. I mean, this, this was purely a hobby and until it wasn't. And th- and I'm, I'm so excited. And if it still was a hobby and was still making me happy, whether or not it generated any money on the side, like I still would have been happy and I, I wouldn't have changed, you know, careers or any, or jobs, employers, anything like that. But, um, that's where it led me to. And it was because I stuck with it. Um, and sticking sticking with something, by the way, is no surprise to anyone. It's if it makes you feel good, it's easier to do it. Sure, right? yeah. So, so yeah, I, I I didn't I did so that that's like our story. I didn't run into this. I you know it's kind of contrary. Like I didn't create like a business plan. I didn't I didn't set all these goals about like we have to be achieving this by this date and so forth. Yep. Like it was more about I pursued it more as a hobby, mm-hmm. and you know that that works. From, it worked here. Uh, maybe, maybe depending upon what exactly, if you're really deliberately like, I need to make a change in my, it may not be the best advice. Maybe really do start with a business plan and mm-hmm. get serious about it from like day one like that. But um, yeah, those, those are kind of like, I think just looking back at our genesis or our, how we've unfolded, kind of the two things that stick out to me. It's awesome. Okay. Last question is, well, it's kind of a two-parter. So you mentioned that you kind of dropped that you competed in weightlifting, which I didn't know about you which is super cool. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about what you're doing in weightlifting and then maybe just a, a follow-up to that is like, what are some of the goals that you're currently chasing? Uh, I love to hear what fit and specifically in the realm of fitness. Are there any fitness goals that you're currently in the realm of chasing? Well, it's actually a perfectly hilarious segue. So weightlifting, I, I started in college, um, and enjoyed it. It was terrible. Like Again, like I, I went to a few national meets, um, like the American Open Series, which are reasonably low bar to enter. It's not not crazy, and I was like 50th percentile every time competing as a as a senior. So that's like uh, 18 to 34. But to the the lesson we just discussed about stick with it. Yeah. Uh, n- now that I'm an old man master, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Uh, all the normal people have, you know, retired or moved on to different hobbies or sports or things that don't, you know, hurt them safer, you know, I don't know, body, whatever. Like the fact that I'm still, I'm still in there. I'm, I'm like, I think last 
last I looked at the nationals for my class, I would have been like sixth ish place nice. at the last national meet. So yeah, not on the podium, but not far off either. And yeah. so, so that that's my goal is to um, crack the podium as oh, as a cool. master. Um, and again, it's it's just stick with it. Like yeah. weightlifting is it's a hobby. It fills my cup. It makes me happy. And if I'm you know have something to chase for, uh, even all the better. But yeah, had I just been sad because I was in the, I think <laughs> in Las Vegas, I was in like the uh, H section, which oh, is, nice. by the way, it's, it's alphabetical. So yeah. A is the best. And so like, what is that, like 11? Like, I, you know, if I let that be the mark of like, am, should I keep doing this? I would have got out. But no, it means just have fun. And, uh, yeah. and when you, if you stick with it, normal people give up. <laughs> you were awesome. left, I guess. I that's fantastic. Oh, that's a great goal. I love that goal. And I love that you related it back to the entrepreneurial advice. Before we hit record, I was, I was talking to Jacob how, about how I've chosen fitness as the vehicle, which I help clients, but really the goal is like so much bigger than that. It's like, once you see how you learn lessons, see what you're capable of in the fitness realm, that, that tends to bleed out into other areas of your life. And what a great example of lessons that you've learned in the entrepreneurship bleed out into lessons that, you know, you can apply to your fitness journey or your parenting or, or other things. And, and so I love that you kind of close that gap with, um, Bringing it, bringing it back to fitness and and sure. how it all kind of relates in, in, in with each other. It's yeah. awesome. Okay, so if people are wanting to find you and connect with Macros First, we're going to link up the Facebook page or the Facebook group um, in the show notes. We'll obviously link to Instagram, anywhere else that people can seek you out on the App Store. Yeah, so yes, I mean, the app is available in, in the App Store and Google Play. Just search for Macros First. Um, but as far as like interacting, yeah, um, the Facebook group, Instagram, and then we have a, a Reddit group that is dead, uh, but maybe oh gosh, people okay. join I, and hang I've out. I've just gotten like on Reddit. I've never gone on Reddit and maybe the last like month I've gotten really, like, it's been really fun. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go follow it on Reddit as well. Yeah. So it's just diff- different places to have conversations. Uh, what's cool about, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit, they're really, these are conversational spaces. This is not... Yeah. And especially Facebook and, and Reddit, more, more so than Instagram. Instagram tends to be more of a, you know, meat of the world kind of thing. But for, for really having conversations, entertaining feature requests, um, it's been so cool to see what people ask, like, questions and other Macros First users answer. Like, oh, yeah, you can do that here. It's in this page. Like, it's, I love that. So, yeah, the, our groups are, are small and mighty, and I'd, I'd love to, to engage with everybody. We're there. Cool. Awesome. We'll link it all up in the show notes of this episode and um, yeah, go down and download macros first and you'll see what I mean when you see that it's a superior app. <laughs> it really is. Thanks, it really Amber. is great. You've done a great job. Thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and I hope that you will give macros first a try. As I said, I've tried all of the apps, all of them <laughs> and macros first hands down was better than any of the other apps that I, that I tested out and tried. So I firmly stand behind them as a really awesome tracking app and even like love even more that there is a human and a face behind the app. And Jacob is amazing. He is very thoughtful. He listens to users and as he said, his DMs are open. So if you have any ideas or want to share anything with him, he would love to hear those. And again, if you want to try out Macros First and you want to try out some of the paid features that are associated with it, again, the the app is free and many of the features are free, but there are some that are are behind a paywall. And if you would like to unlock those, you can use the discount code BABS. 
10. So it's B-A-B-S 10, and that'll get you 10% off. If you are a client, we have a bigger discount for clients. So just shoot me a DM and I will get that, that discount code for you. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.